So. Woo! You said you don't have to run ads. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh! Dude, oh! Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Homies and Heroes Season 2, Episode 4. And I got my friend Cam Camilo Buchanan. Cam the man, he's gonna be with me. He works right now as one of the young adults pastors at Passion City. And man, he is crushing it. He has had a long history of success working with the next generation, working with young adults. And he has so much to say about everything that's happening. We're gonna talk about the church. We're gonna talk about culture. We're gonna talk about the future. We're gonna talk about getting married during a pandemic. The man, the myth, the legend. Cam. He's going to have all this to talk about and more, so we're going to jump straight into it. I'm going to queue him up right now. We got the feed going, and here we go. Yes, Yo. sir. Cam the man. What is going on? How you doing? How is Texas treating you today? It is treating me like, um, like I don't know, like a microwave treats food it is so hot <laughs> i i feel like every time i walk outside my skin starts crackling i'm yeah. like this is not this is radiation <laughs> i i got sunburned for the second time in my life this week my skin really? is feeling for the first time i'm black that does not happen to me <laughs> every time in my life i am my 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 shoulders are peeling it's crazy dude well you're also in your caribbean as well correct Yes. So that's double. That's double whammy. That's double the protection. It shouldn't be this way. It's it's that, bro. I got sunburned for the first time in the Dominican Republic. We mm. were out in the sun for like maybe six days straight. I'd never gotten sunburned before, and man, I I felt like my shoulders were like sliding off my bones. I was like, this is the worst feeling I have it's, ever experienced in the existence of my life. It's not it was, a good. <laughs> it's not. Well, Cam, I want to jump into it. Uh, first, introduce yourself, uh, who you are, and a little bit of what you do. I'm Camila Buchanan, living in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm Jamaican. Wagwan to my people, them. Wagwan to me. See another comments there. Come on, bra, bra. Upon the live there. I'm married to Emily Buchanan. As of, I think we're almost to day 50 of our, wow. our new union. Um, and I, uh, I, I preach, I, I lead the young adults. I hope lead the young adults at Passion City Church here in Atlanta. And, um, what else? I, I executive produce a podcast called The Pass Down and I'm friends with Ellie. We met about oh, half, half a year ago. Already. Yeah. Like yeah. Pandemic makes things feel weird in terms of time. Right. It's, it's been, been already six months. <laughs> And and we chill now. So and now we just chill, bro. Virtually because you know six feet or exactly. six hundred miles. One of the <laughs> one of the two. Uh, tell me, tell me, uh, how is marriage uh, going for you? It's fifty days, but what have you picked up so far? I'm going on three years and two two weeks. I'll be three three years. But how is fifty days treating you? Fifty days. Um, fifty days in. But you got married during this pandemic, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did so, that, okay, how did that go? When everything started to shift, how did that, how'd you handle that? Uh, me and Em were supposed to get married in Jamaica. Supposed to have, like, 150 friends fly down. Wow. Uh, supposed to have this big shindig at my family's spot. And That's... instead, uh, we had just the wedding party and our immediate family at oh. her family that how she grew up in their front porch uh up in georgia mm -hmm. and that was what we did 30 people it was we pulled it off in like less than a month it was about a month out that we knew all right jamaica is definitely not happening and so had a month went to lowe's bought up all their flowers in the in the little outside garden department um and and made it work and it was beautiful and amazing yeah got to off in a jeep it, it was dope kevin was there who's in the comments right now marriage 50 days in is great i'm all i was going to say is i'm learning right so yeah well you ha you you have a different type of experience than most of us that got married uh well almost everybody got married if they're married now 
they didn't get married during the pandemic. Very right. few. So you so have to know each other. Like I, I knew yes. her before. I loved her before. But now I'm like, I really <laughs> love you. And you really, you really know me. You're really seeing me. So we we making it work. <laughs> yeah, man. And it's it is a beautiful thing. I think you know, it, it is real. It's different than I think, and you could correct me if I'm wrong from your experience, but it's different than you think, but it's not different in a bad sense. I think people, when I say things like, it's different than you think, marriage is different, I'm not saying it in a bad sense, but yeah. it's a lot more profound. I think that's a better word. It's a lot more profound than you think. Can you speak a little bit to that during, because this is such a unique experience. You got married in the pandemic, and now you're 50 days in a pandemic, married. Yeah. Can you speak to that experience? I think it 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 speaks to the covenant part, right? I think mm. it speaks to uh, what I signed up for. I don't even think I had an understanding of mm. truth, right? I don't think I don't think anyone who, when they're saying their vows, knows what they're saying, yeah. right? Yeah, and yeah. I'm fifty days in, so when I get to you, three years and in two weeks, three years and a couple kids in mm -hmm. that covenant. Like I, I yeah. said something, right? When I get to 10 years, 15, 20, 25 years, Lord willing, like that's that's the most profound thing to me is that the, the covenant transcends any um, anything, any circumstance that's going on, right? So right. it didn't ask me like, yo, you sure, bro? It's a pandemic and there's a pandemic clause. Mm. Like that's not a part of it. There's no insurance. Right for it because of that. And so I think it's been learning and learning how to how to die to yourself quicker. Mm -hmm. I think uh, yeah. that's what the pandemic has been in in our marriage is just like, all right, uh we're going to make it. Like it's not it's not even tough like that. We're right. good. But just like there's nowhere to hide, right? Mm -hmm. We're like we're newlyweds in a 1500 square foot apartment. Ooh. This is it. So Ooh. We're going to make it work. <laughs> and you're making it work, man. Uh, you guys have been such a great uh, example. Obviously, online is, is just one dimension of everything. But yep. if I could speak, you know, on behalf of people that do know you and have had uh, extensive conversations with you, man, like um, you guys, you're just y'all are rock solid and y'all are such a great. Um, I, I, I would say example to the next gen, which leads to my next question. Yeah. How do you, because ministry is already on the job training. It's already, regardless of whatever level and however right. many years you're in, but you're leading young adults, some yeah. of which have been married already long, long before you. Some have kids, you know, yada, yada. So you're leading from a position of not just on the job training, but it's like now you're married and you're counseling people in their marriages, early mm. marriages. How have you navigated leading peer to peer, like in that demographic? Yeah, I think um, it's a unique space. It's not, it's not the easy space. Like find yeah. some people younger than you to lead. It is much yeah. easier to get everyone to buy in to everything. I think the two things I'd say to people is live above reproach mm. and stick to stick to the book, mm -hmm. right? So like. Right. As long as I'm not bringing my opinion, mm. we don't have anything to debate about, really, right? right. Like, as long as it's, yeah, I, I hear you, I, but this is just what this text says. So right. it's not really about me, it's, it's much about that book. And then two, living above reproach. I don't, because I'm so young, I can't give too many spaces to slip. And like, yeah. that may not sound nice and graceful and all that and it's not to say that i'm not covered by grace and uh that i can't make mistakes and i have people who know my mistakes and know right. uh who i am fully but in terms of l leading like it really makes the stakes higher because mm -hmm. i'm on a if people are trusting me i really just need to say thank you and know that i have a a short a short uh pedestal it's not way up yeah i can come down quick because yeah. we're, we're so close. And then three, I would just say relational equity is everything at that point, right? Mm, like yeah. that we are actually friends, that we're actually family, that we're actually, that you know I care about you. Uh, that's the only way I'm gaining any access 
when, like you said, you're older than me, we're the same age, you've been married longer than me, um, for you to, to trust me and hear anything that I have to say about, about anything, so. And how do you shake that temptation to give your opinion? Because especially, and yeah, especially right now in the cultural climate where yeah. it is, it is easy. It's so easy to scratch that itch of letting people know what it is. And yeah. now I'm going to use the Bible for this. I got some words of my own that I yeah. want to express right now. How have you been able to navigate, especially right now, uh, in not giving too much of your opinion that it becomes detrimental to your witness? I think mm. because that's mm. what you're trying to to avoid is your uh, tarnishing your testimony because you got upset or whatever. How do you right. navigate that? Still learning that. So when you find the answer, you let me know. Hey man, I'm here asking the questions. So <laughs> this is <laughs> this is my show, okay? I ask the questions. You ask the questions too. <laughs> uh, I think making myself woefully aware of. Uh, who I am and the sense of like, I'm not that great. Like it is truly, uh, my grace is sufficient for you. It's like wow. yeah. what I know, because I know when I lose my temper, I know uh, when I don't keep my word, I know when I'm not faithful to an obligation, like those things don't slide off my back. I, I know who, who I am and where I've fallen short. And so if I'm going to give advice, hmm. If I'm going to preach, if I'm going to lead, I'm not confident to lead off of me yet. And maybe like mm. that's just because I'm young. Uh, but thus far, there is nothing that I've done or or even do consistently enough that I'm like, yo, let me let me put you on. Let me let me give you the plan. These five steps. This is what's gonna make it work. Like, well, nah. At this point, all I got is this. So yeah. if you. <laughs> you can't rock with me there like i'm i'm not that smart hmm. like, is where i keep myself just like i i don't know let's let's try and look that up uh and in a pandemic i think <clears throat> instead of sharing my opinion i i might share my experience right hmm. yeah. these are interesting times and i think there's a difference there but in yeah. sharing that make it very clear like yo this is this is me and not kind of subjective truth thing, but just to say, hey, this is what I know. This is what I've experienced. Because, yeah, we're in a pandemic, but we're also in the middle of a civil rights movement. Right. right? And yeah. uh, there, your opinions want to come out. Um, and I think what's in, important there is scripture, again, right. and, and, and going to facts. And facts don't, I love that quote, facts don't care about your opinions. What you can do with that is you can pick which facts you use. Mm. <laughs> your opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for me, that's what I'm trying to do is trying to, uh, the way I'm wired, I, I want to be right, but not in the sense of pride. Like I just want to know the answer. And so if yeah. someone comes up with something better, that doesn't insult me. That's not a, uh, a check on me. I'm not sad about that. I'm like, Oh, thank you. And yeah. I think if that was the posture of more people, specifically when we're talking about the civil rights moment we're in right now. Right. Uh, that's what, what the posture needs to be, right? It needs to be, yo, I, I just didn't know. Thanks for, thanks for sharing. And how do you keep that posture of one humility and two leaning into listening more mm. than leaning in so you can get a word in real quick because you feel, and you are equipped. And I'll say that about you, Cam. You are so intelligent and so equipped to speak into these moments. Um, and but you also have such a you're such a sniper. Like there's a difference. And I can see people on social media. There are people that are just loose cannons, machine guns. They will fire at everybody. Nobody's their friend. Right. Like friendly fire. Every everything is um, mm -hmm. for game. But then there are just people that are like, nope. And then they'll wait two days and then and then you're one of those guys how can how can a specifically i guess millennial and gen z uh yeah. because we grew up in the social media era where everyone got a platform and mm -hmm. oh my gosh it's tasty to just say what i want because i have the freedom to mm -hmm. how can 
how have you gained that self-control? Did someone teach you that? Did you learn trial and error? Like, uh, how, how did that, how'd that work out for you? Um, that's a great question. I need to think about it as I answer. I think one, um, I've come to understand that just because I know how to form sentences does not mean I have something to say. Well, I think, uh, for my, for your line of work where we communicate for a living, mm -hmm. I think that is something that's, that's been huge to me because similarly to you, like you are anointed heavy. Right. And I think what can happen is people can confuse anointing with platform mm -hmm. and look at, oh, dang, they got 30,000 followers. They got 50,000 followers. They're, they're up at a million. They must be anointed. No, mm -hmm. they, they might be gifted, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're anointed wow. because they know how to say something it does not mean they actually have something of value to say. Mm -hmm. And I. I, as someone who takes this seriously, like I know you do, communicating and preaching specifically, yeah, I want to have something to say. Like I don't want to, wow. I don't want to just walk up there and uh, talk about the weather. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like yeah. I want to come up with something to say. I don't want to add noise to the conversation. And so it burdened it. I won't even say that. I'm not even that churchy. It. it, <laughs> it uh, it makes me mad when people. <laughs> I, I heard it. It's fine. I mean, I'll take it, brothers. You, you can start dropping that burn. church. It does not burn it. That Christianese, you can drop it. I, I got it. I'll translate if you need me to. It, it upsets me when um, I see people who have a platform but have nothing to say spewing hmm. out noise. And I'm just like, yeah. What was the point? You waste everyone's time. Don't you take this seriously? And so for me, mm -hmm. I'm willing to, to wait until I have something to say. I think yeah. some of the leaders who I love, like, do you know Tim Ross? Mm -hmm. So he's like the goat of that. Like, he's the sniper, right? Yeah. Where it's like, all these people call him. Rich Wilkerson calling yep. him. Michael Todd calling him. Darius Daniels calling him. But they all have bigger platforms than him. And they do have something to say. Right. They're incredible, right? right. Um, but I want to be that type of dude. Darius Daniels is similar where, like, he says, I'm, I'm not the inspiration dude. I'm, I'm the transformation dude. If mm. I'm, I want to come with to, to change something. Wow. I'm not – I guess it's about what you're attracted to. Like, what makes you excited? Is it right. uh, crowd? Is it hype? Is it – people going off in the comments is it a bunch of followers or is it people changing is it people right. getting free is it people being healed is it people walking in their purpose is it people wow. uh, doing what god called them to do or doing what they've always dreamed of doing like that that's what upsets that's what gets me more excited than uh just coming in there with oh you know you can too yeah yeah I heard one of my one of my friends. Um, he, man, he's he's killer at youth ministry, and he's just just one of the goats to me. His name's Terry Parkman out of River Valley up in Minnesota, and uh, we were talking about like youth ministry and um, just really like platforms right now and how to reach the next gen and you know big platforms and getting traction online. And he had said this. He's like uh, one of his mentors taught him this. He went to a conference of a, a larger denomination. They were in a stadium and a man went up there that was a missionary and um, man, he just tore it up. I mean, you know, when, when you have a, a missionary that has the gift to communicate a missionary's heart right. to a group, oh my gosh. And you bring him to America, the whole crowd, it's, it's going to get the whole yeah, crowd. Yeah, yeah. So he had a moment like that and, and everyone was so gripped because of, I would say the purity that comes from, the mission field that sometimes we get murky in American Christianity at times. He brought that mm. and, it, and it just impacted people. The night before there was a famous young pastor that you and myself, uh, we would know he, he preached in the stadium. He did great. Afterwards, the, that, that young man had his booth. And I mean, it was, he had, um, hold on. I think that this is, let me see. Cam, can you see? Me? All right, we good. This is live TV. 
Guys, I am working on the shoestring budget, okay? Anyways. So, one, the devil's a liar. He didn't want, he didn't want y'all to hear what I was about to say. But anyways, uh, <laughs> picking up on, on uh, we're going to rebuke the, the devil. Um, so there's, you have this really famous young pastor. He has his booth. People are obviously coming to him. They want him to sign his latest book or whatever. That missionary that preached walks by. And as he walks by, that young pastor leaves literally 40 people that were trying to get around him to get pictures, literally leaves and follows behind that missionary guy to just get mm. a moment, just a moment with him. And what Terry explained to me and he challenged me with is that the Lord said, do you want, do you want notoriety or do you want influence? Mm. And and, I, and, and like you said, there are young pastors that have large platforms and they have influence and they have notoriety. They have both. But I think that we always downplay what happens in those intimate moments. Who are you talking to? The influencers of the influencers, the meetings right. you don't know about, the fathers and mentors you don't know about, right? The praying right. mothers and, and, and the men that have been in the faith for 50 years. And yeah. I think that right now that could be a word for our generation is are you trying to chase notoriety or are you trying to be influential with the gospel? Cause notoriety, right? What well, someone said this, they said, um, famous doesn't mean great and great doesn't mean famous. Come on. And, yeah. and I think that goes back and forth. How do you think we can battle against that? Like that spirit that wants us to be known for the wrong reasons because i want to be known but what is what how do you fight against that pride that ego that makes you want to elevate yourself for me i just decided i wouldn't i wasn't going to participate right hmm. so like i feel called to preach i feel called to teach i feel called to do that significant level in the kingdom um gifted to do that anointed to do that like many of my brothers and sisters are like you are like I saw Gloria in here, I saw Kevin in here. Like those, those are my people. They they're they're gifted at this. Um, I was called to preach. I was in a conference. It was 2015, and you can ask my wife. You can ask my best friend. They were sitting on either side of me. I just started crying because mm. I was doing the background stuff, and I was really good at that. Like I remember in like elementary school, I didn't want to be the school president at recess. Like I wanted to be the like essentially like the chief of staff. Like, that's my vibe. <laughs> I just want to control this stuff. That's and a rare air right there, bro. Yeah, yeah, Like, house of cards. Like, if I wasn't saved, bro, it'd be a problem. So, <laughs> that's, like, what I, I'm interested in more. And so I told the Lord, I said, if you want me to do that, I'm not going to help you. And hmm. so I didn't preach for two years. And wow. then by the time I did, a pastor of a local church here in Atlanta just asked me to, I was like, okay and did and then a couple weeks later was speaking at something for a college ministry i was running at the time and then doors just started opening wow. that i didn't have to do anything for wow. and um i think where i could rest in that because there's definitely times where you can comparison's huge for our generation we all right. are up here on instagram we're all looking there's literally a thing how important is this person i can see how many followers they have i can mm. see how much influence they have but really mm. like you said is notoriety that they have i've been reading in joshua right joshua uh it says in uh chapters three and four god's sending him into jericho first battle and he says look i'm sending you in and i'm going to make your name great in their sight uh the side of 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 israel and you could read that at first and be like, oh, shoot, God's about to make him great. And that's the lesson there. Like, uh, if just let God make you great. You don't make you great. That, that's not hmm. the lesson. Hmm. Because Joshua was great already. 40 hmm. years ago, it was Joshua and Caleb who went into the promised land, said right. we can go in. But people didn't see him as great. The, the lesson uh, there in Joshua 3 and 4 is that God says, I'm going to make you great in their sight mm, wow. meaning it's not my job to make me great in their sight <laughs> not my job to make me great <laughs> in ellie's sight or in 
Luciana who just got on here or Nigel who just got on here, if I'm great in your site, that's not my job. That is not what I have time to worry about. What I have time to worry about, what I'm called to worry about is, am I actually great? I'm actually submitted to the Lord. I'm actually walking in faith. I'm actually walking in courage, right? Like at that point, me being great in their sight, that's not on me. That's on God. And Hmm. he might, he might not. But Joshua had been great for 40 years. He just made him great in their sight. So for me, once you come to that place of like, oh, the the Lord's called me to something. And it does not matter who knows it or who gives me a pat on the back or who follows me. I know what he's called me to. And when it's time for people to know, I'm not going to have to run ads. Hmm. I'm not going to have to... To to uh, call people, up. I'm not gonna call Ellie and be like, "Yo, man, can I get on homies and heroes, bro? Like, come <laughs> on, man, put me on." Like, that's not gonna have to be me. Yeah. Um, and not that there's anything wrong with that. If the Lord calls you to to do that to reach people, like that's not the point. Yeah. No. 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 I get you. I, I'm loving with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Them being great is is on God. So. Ooh, you said stuff. you don't have to run ads. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dude, oh, man, that's such a good word. That That is, I, I love that because there is, um, uh, by the way, that's that's Gogeta. Um, <laughs> I know, I think Nigel just called out my Goku behind me. Um, but, dude, that is such a, uh, how, because in that same story, Right, because you were quoting um, when we talked about Caleb and Joshua. That's, mm-hmm. I think, Numbers 13. And so yep. in that same story, there is a perspective lesson in that one, too. Because they said, we look like grasshopper in their eyes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that is their perspective and then projecting perspective. And so, my gosh, that is such a full circle thought because that was the issue. That was the mm-hmm. issue. Was the That's perception great. of the people? Dang! And, like, finish it, finish bro, it, bro. We're about to get on like just. We're gonna go crazy on sermons right now. But uh, I, I want I want to speak to that because I think right now we are afraid to post certain things because of people's perceptions of us, mm. and I think that that's a big issue and attention we're living in right now. How how can how can we not how can we learn that lesson you know mm-hmm. how how can someone become better at and not at allowing god to fight that battle that battle of acceptance to yeah. remind yourself that it only right it, we say the audience of one you know and that's a good yeah, christian yeah. cliche until you have an audience of one and you have one follower on instagram and it's right. your mom right like that right. it doesn't do something for you um how how do you think people can navigate that, especially right now in the cultural climate? Um, because I think we're fearful in posting it or not posting and all of that. Yeah, I think we got to tear down our idols aggressively. And hmm. you uh, having too much concern about what people think is an idol in your life. Wow. And you have too much concern about, am I going to be accepted as an idol in your life? It's Lecrae, I don't know where that quote came from, but like if you uh, live for people's acceptance, you'll die from their rejection type Mm -hmm. of thing. 100% real. And so there's two ways that you can do it. You can either, and that's what it is. And when you see it that way, you understand it as as truly like sin versus as uh, a self-esteem issue, right? You caring what other people think too much. If that's like your main concern, that's an idol. That is Mm -hmm. a God in life. Wow. And God said, you will have no other gods before me. Why? Because if you're living for Susie Q to like your stuff on Instagram, if you're living for Uncle Ray Ray uh, Facebook <laughs> comments, like, yeah. that is the God in your life. Yeah. You're called to, to speak truth, uh, right. speak truth to power. Let, let, let uh, when the truth comes, freedom is there. Right. And at that point, you have two options. You can either hear that and submit and say, hey, uh, if I feel called to do this, if I feel called to share this, it may not be popular. It may not get me a lot of likes. It may right. get me a little flack, but um, I'm, I'm going to do what I'm called to. I have no other gods besides 
the one true God yeah. I'm yeah. to have an audience of one. And if you don't do that, you feel right. And God has to humble you. Yeah. So people who know my story know like three, four years ago, I was leading the college ministry on multiple campuses across Georgia and had different idols in my life that I didn't. Mm. And the Lord stripped all that away from me in a, in a painful way, in a way that I didn't know if I was going to recover. Of course, looking back now, it was all chastisement from the Lord himself and was definitely to make me better. But those are, are your two options, you either hear. And if you don't hear, as my grandma would say, those who don't hear must feel. And so um, what other people think, you, you got to see it that way as an idol that has to come down. Ooh, that's a lot of oil on that one. That was a <laughs> lot of oil on that one. So I, that actually, man, that's, uh, I'm glad that you brought up kind of your journey. Um, you know, obviously you, you, you mentioned that you serve at Passion City and, yeah. um, and anybody that's, anybody knows Passion City, um, yeah. all that you guys do, your ministry, what you're a part of. Um, what, okay, so, because I didn't know that you were going to say that portion of the story. Right. Mm -hmm. Where you're leading all these campus ministries, because my question was was going to be, how are you navigating being in such a prominent ministry now? Because a mm -hmm. lot of I mean, dude, there are people and I've experienced here in San Antonio, my home city, where, you know, their their ministries might not be popping a lot. But man, their their chest is out. Nobody could talk to them. No one could correct <laughs> them. So imagine you getting in a ministry ministry that is world known. Like, mm -hmm. and it has a lot going on. Uh, how, how did you handle that? Were, was that one season before? The, does that help you now? Like, yeah. how, how have you learned? I think, um, one, like, you know, working, at, uh, building the church is an honor and a privilege, yeah. first and foremost. Um, and also, um, going to Disney World and working at Disney World are two different things. So mm. you know what it is to see uh, Mickey without his head on. Uh, <laughs> all that to say, I love my church. I love Fashion City. I love what we're doing there. I love what we're building. I think, but there had to be two things. One, yeah. there had to be an understanding that um, this is a church. Hmm. Um, and it's a, a a, a great church. It's the church where I found most of my friends. It's the church where I found my wife. It's a church that uh, transformed me, a church that I was baptized in. Like it's, yeah. it's, it means a ton to me. It's a powerful church, but it's a church. Mm -hmm. And in the South, in Texas, in Georgia, there are no shortage of churches. Yeah, and you if right. you are comparing like the honor and the privilege should be that you work at a church, you work building the kingdom, not that you work at Passion City Church, mm -hmm. not that you work at Elevation Church, not mm -hmm. that you work at Vu Church. I, I, I build the church, wherever that is. Yeah. And one, when I really got it like that, like, hey, we're a local church body. Yeah, people know Pastor Louis. Yeah, people in my back. Yeah, yeah. people sing our songs uh, every Sunday all over the world. Yeah. We put out our own uh, uh, version of the Bible. Like, we, we are doing things for sure. Yeah. 100%. Thousands of people are going to come on a Sunday. At this point in COVID, we've gone up in, in giving and in attendance. Like, wow. all that's true. Great. But we're a church. And we're a church that men are building. And men are, are, are fickle. And men fail. And talking about Moses right? How it opens up in Joshua where he's like, yep. now Moses, my servant is dead. Now Joshua. <laughs> like, what? No, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't warm you up at all. I just said, boom. Boom. Like, you don't want to have a, a, a eulogy for Moses? Like, we don't want to work. Like, not, you don't want to say his resume? Like, this no. man had a track record. He was just like, yeah, Moses was cool. Yeah, Michael Jordan's dead. So... <laughs> I'm not, you, you got to look at all of it like that. And then two, know that you're there because God decided you're there. Yeah. So if you ever get to a point of 
two extremes that can go terribly wrong, bro. If I ever get to the point of I'm here because I'm dope. Hmm. I'm here because, man, when I preach, people be getting saved. Man, I'm here because I, I'm nice at building teams. Uh, if I'm ever in that mindset that the reason I'm here is because of me, missed it. And yeah. equally as bad, if I ever get to the spot of I'm here because of this person who took a chance on me or this person put me on, then again, I'm to that idol thing. Either mm. way, I've made myself the idol or I've made this, this person the idol. And now I'm I'm living. I, I got to make sure they're happy with me. Wow. I got to make sure I do everything right by them. No, 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 no. I, I serve at the pleasure of the king. Uh, mm. I, I work for an audience of one. Um, I'm here because God decided. If you think that the most anointed and gifted preachers in the world that we know their names, I, I doubt that that's true. Right? Mm. I yeah. think probably the most gifted anointed. Some people with some some heat some people who would who would slay yeah we don't know who they are mm -hmm. but that's where i decided to put them and if yeah. you think that everyone like we said who has a platform is the most profound speaker no god decided i'm gonna use this ministry in this way at this time and at wow. any point it can go away and i think at a church like passion i want to get into it really uh but like any major church elevation Vu, Hillsong, it's cool to be big until you get those big hits, yeah. right? And yeah. the people coming yeah. at us aren't just your auntie on Facebook, <laughs> but yeah. uh, CNN. Yeah, full organizations. Yeah, Vice, uh, yeah. Fox News, for all those different churches. So it's like you understand that it can be taken away at any time, your, your position in the world of you personally or this place that you're working at. And you just say, hey, I'm showing up to work, work, do what, what God says he wants me to do today. Dude, that, that illustration of you saying it's one thing to go to Disney World. It's a whole other thing to work at Disney World. I, I interned at a church in, in Baton Rouge, a big church down there. And yeah. it is, I would go to their conferences and it was fantastic. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I got the chance to intern there full time for 11 months. Yeah. And boy, oh boy! I, like I, I was like, "What you mean? Like it's not like conference all the time? You mean at conference? I'm not allowed to be in the auditorium or in the stadium? Like, yes. I don't want to sell T-shirts for the session. It's Jensen Franklin. I want to hear Jensen speak. Right? Like, well, what do you mean you didn't pick me to be in the green room? I can, I, I'm nice with it. I, I'll get him food. I will pick up. You know, like I don't know. Yes. It, I do think that there is. How did we get here, Cam? My my question to you is how how do you think because you're you're obviously you're in a you're in a really well-known ministry, but that's not your fault that people perceive you in you know an unhealthy light. Where they're like, mm -hmm. Well, if I was at Passion City or if we were like Passion, if we had that much money or we had these mm -hmm. many volunteers, which you and I both know that you could not have enough money. Or enough nope. volunteers. It's messy nope. regardless. And the more money, more problems, right? So exactly. because of that, how 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 did how do you think we got here as a culture where we have elevated these, you know, these ministries above the human experience, which is people are broken and systems are broken at times. I think um man, I'm guilty of it too. I think it's uh comes back to idolatry. I think we saw something and maybe we wanted, if we we're being honest, the approval of man more than we wanted the approval of God. We're hmm. hungrier to see uh, a whole bunch of people uh, fill an auditorium more than we were God's presence to fill people. Right. And so now what's impressive is uh stuff right and yeah, i'm like and i guess maybe it's because i worked at that college ministry before it it was an impressive organization but their numbers weren't massive every week it wasn't like thousands of people coming to each campus mm. but there was transformation happening like there were people who mm. walked in atheists yeah. and by the 
of this semester uh, were were at the same conference as I was at, right? And so I think somewhere down the road, we decided we wanted to eat more than we wanted to serve. And so we're just getting mm -hmm. uh, fat on our own stuff versus um, versus it's my camera. What's it doing? <laughs> you get oh, I, I got you. I come near this light, dude. I love these. Like, no, no, no worries. This is live TV. I love, I love like our faithful ones that are staying on. They said, "Data, I don't care that Cam is speaking facts, and I will stay for the facts <laughs> until it's done." <laughs> love it, but yeah, that's that's what I can see. What do you think? Oh, that's dangerous, man. You're asking me on my show what I think. <laughs> no, man, I, I, I think that this, this, this goes back to the beginning, um, you know, of, of ministry of the church, right? Like, um, you, you just look back, people just want to be heard. And the more people, the more likely people want to be heard. I think that's a lot of, right, the pushback that, Paul had for the Corinthian church is like, cause they're mm. like essentially a mega church and he yeah. was having issues. People just standing up and saying whatever they want or speaking in tongues and going yeah. out and just kind of blasting out. And I think that there, there is this itch that we want to scratch and we have the capability because the U S having cultural Christianity, like you said, yeah. the South, you can have a big church easier than you can have in most places in the world. Yeah. You can, you can, you can gather people, right? And so um, I, I also attribute it to the fact that Christianity in America is not necessarily spiritual Christianity. It is cultural Christianity. It's Christianity handed down from one generation to the other that has no substance. And when you're grain, right, the issues we're having now, America and the Bible, right, the American flag and the Bible, they're, at equal, they're equal to one another. The Star Spangled Banner and any worship song, like they're mm -hmm. they're right there. Those are experiences oh, we have as Americans. Do we want to go there? Right? But I think that that infusion of American culture and Christianity, because we have cultural Christianity, of course you'll see the ramifications in what we see in America, where we yeah. idolize people and we we love celebrity. We that's why that's why keeping up with the Kardashians will never go out of style. Yeah. We love to pry. That's why the Red Table talk right now with Jada and Will Smith, that thing blew up. Like, yeah. boom. That's why Tiger yeah. King blows up. Boom. That's why The Last Dance, these documentaries on these people within our culture blow up. So the next biggest thing is the church in that respect in terms of gathering, being polarizing, and having larger-than-life voices that are speaking to thousands of people. I think that that's a recipe of what – we see. Now, is it the yeah. fault of the person? I don't believe so. I don't think no. it's not a sin to be popular or be famous, um, but it definitely is dangerous. Yep. So it, that's what it is. And God has given grace to those in those positions not to fall off into insanity. But we have seen examples of that insanity, what that yep. can drive ministers to do. And I think that's, I mean, from the televangelists up until now, that's been um evident thank you for asking me i i have quite a bit to oh. say on that um <laughs> but, that. okay can I we, like, well, but i want to hear i but i want to hear your thought on what i said about cultural christianity because georgia and texas we are just full of it how is it something to combat is it just like you know we're not going to deal with it like how are you? How do you guys go about it? Because you're a large church, and perhaps you draw a lot of cultural Christians. You know, how do you guys go away, go about being intentional with transformation instead of audience, you know, growth? To me, I would say that's that's the church's mission now because culturally, like you said, this going to church is just what you do down here. Going just uh, right. what you do. Um, is my camera freezing again? I need to freeze. Hey, you're good, but we can hear you, bro. Um, one church is just what you, and 
in today's day and age, everyone can listen to the best speakers in the world at any time. Like, we all subscribe to Transformation Church. We all Mm -hmm. know the bishop. We all know Reverend Rodriguez. We all know Rich. Like, we can listen to the people who supposedly are at the best of 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 the game right now and and can do that anytime we want wherever we want and so i don't think you can make the goal of your church or your your services um to be uh necessarily all about good content i think where you need to get to is hey i'm gonna give you an experience with god that's what's going to break up cultural Christianity because because you have it in your culture does not mean you've experienced God, right? Like that's the whole gospel is he came down and the older brother, the Pharisees, they had that in around them, but they did not know the father. They didn't know Jesus. And so that's kind of my mission for for our room of young adults at Passion for uh, what I think the churches that are, are breaking through even in uh, the South in places that it's all pretty much cultural to say, Hey, but do you know him? I know you're, mm-hmm. you're around it. I know you know about him, but, but do you know him? It's wow. uh, one thing to uh, know that Krispy Kreme was founded in the 1930s. And it's one thing to know it's from Winston Salem, North Carolina. It's one thing to know mm-hmm. where it is locally. It's another thing to bite into mm-hmm. the glazed Krispy Kreme donut when the hot now sign is on there's a different yo you're ruining my diet right now stop (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to behave in this quarantine (laughs) I'm like I think a lot of it is cultural and that's the biggest mission field right Uh, yeah for us south is how how genius of Satan to get an entire swath of people to believe that they're saved when they're not Hmm. It's one thing to know you're not. It's one thing to maybe not know anything about it, but also be open or just not care. It's another thing to not be saved, but believe you are. That's the biggest mission field right there. That's what we have to be going after here in America, at least in the South, in Georgia, and I'd imagine in Texas. And cultural Christianity, I think, is broken up by experiences with God. Yeah, I would definitely say the hardest groups of people I've ever preached to have been church people, like cultural church people, man. Nothing sucks the life out of a sermon than just cultural church people that are there because that's what you do. I I was uh, mentioning this to a friend of mine and he says, what is probably the best sermon you've ever preached or, you know, what, what's the best crowd you've ever preached in front of? And I was like, man, one time, um, you know, I, I'm still kind of a youth pastor, I'm more of a campus pastor now. But when I was a youth pastor, I got invited to a school that had a uh, drug deal gone wrong on the weekend. And three of the students got shot and killed. It was two 16-year-olds and a 17-year-old. It's really tough. It's a rough school. And one of the girls, she reached out to me from the school. And she, she's one of, one of the members of our youth group. And she says, Pastor, can you come to the school? And there's a lot of hurting people right now. And I was like, cool, I'll come. And we gathered, and I, I gathered with only about six or seven of them, man, and just started speaking truth to them. And I don't know, I guess something just started clicking with these kids that they started getting their friends, getting more friends. And long story short, um, a bunch of people started coming. And how can I put it? It's as if what is within me started to multiply. And I thought, I was like, man, why is it so much easier to preach here? I'm in a public Mm. school where they have issues with drug deals gone bad on the weekends. They don't, some of these sophomores don't know if they're going to make it through the semester because life is so tough, you know? And so I, I definitely, man, I I definitely feel that. And my prayer, I, I guess, at least for here in Texas is that there is a breaking of that yoke, that yoke of religiosity. And that one's the one where I'm like, Jesus is saying, Hey, this only comes out by prayer and fasting. fasting. And old school and all night vigils. And you're going <laughs> to sing all the old school songs. <laughs> and you're going to use an organ, all right? You're not going to use. No, but you get what I'm saying? Like, there's just. I. And unashamedly, and you know this, I'm a Pentecostal. Exactly. You know, however people want to read into that, 
it's what they want to read in. But dude, there are, like you said, there is Krispy Kreme yep. moments that are missed during church because we're in and out and we just get information given to us or even revelation, which is not bad, but Christ never destined us to stop at revelation, man. There's a demonstration aspect to the word, but until you felt it, man, that there, there would be no compulsion, you know, and, and to, to do. And so, yeah, man, I, I'm in that, I'm in that boat, man. Uh, last thing, any plugs yeah. that you have, man, where can we find your sermons? Uh, what you're doing at Passion City? Uh, any other things that you would like to plug? By all means, man, I want to give you that opportunity. That's number one. Um, if you want to check out what we're doing at Atlanta, uh, you can follow at PCC College uh, or search on YouTube. I was preaching tonight over there. You can find that on YouTube. Just type in Passion City College on YouTube and all our messages from this summer will come up. We've been in a series called Essentials, just what are the practical things that we need in a pandemic uh, for our faith. And only other thing I would say is my amazing wife has a card company. And so if you are in the need of any cards, thank you cards, I love you cards, just because cards, uh, mom, you're the best cards. It's called Plain and Simple Co. You could just type that in plain, spelled like an airplane. P-L-A-N-E at Plain and Simple Co get you some cards. Um, Ellie's the best. I love him. I want to come to San Antonio. I want to be in whatever. Um, <laughs> you are welcome here, my brother. And I can't wait to be in Atlanta because there's no way it's hotter than San Antonio. It might be hot, <laughs> but there, there are levels to this. Thank you, brother. There are levels to this. For sure. <laughs> Have a good Tuesday night, brother. All right. Same to you, bro. Be blessed. Hey guys, I hope that connection didn't go too crazy on you. Uh, it went a little crazy on me, probably on Cam, but Cam, the man, is amazing as you can tell. This whole episode, it's going to be going live for the next couple of hours. Then I'm going to take it down and I'm going to put it on YouTube. I'm going to put it on podcast so that you'll be able to see the entire conversation. Man, we did not waste the word. Cam came with the fire as I knew he would. All of the people that we're having on Homies and Heroes, they're all equipped to speak into everything that's happening right now. So thank you so much for coming to episode four of season two of Homies and Heroes. So hit subscribe, link in bio, YouTube, podcast, Instagram. I don't know, maybe I'll, I'll drop, like, we'll, we'll have a Patreon and y'all can pay me to listen. I'm just kidding. This is all free out of the kindness of my heart. Maybe one day, maybe one day, I'm just kidding. All right, be blessed. You guys have a fantastic Tuesday. Night.